You're listening to Pantry Raid, the podcast where we talk about how to make more food and less waste one ingredient at a time. All the ingredients are inspired by you every Monday on my Instagram stories. You tell me what odds and ends you have in your kitchen, and I tell you what I'd make with them. And quickly before we get into the ingredient this week, I wanted to remind you that Pantry Raid the Game, and I guess the podcast too, is a totally non-judgmental space. Recently, several people have told me that they want to play, but... They don't write in what they have on hand because they're embarrassed about what's in their kitchen. And I always respond, Pantry Raid isn't about health or wellness or anything like that. It's not about bettering yourself. It's just about cooking and using the tools that you have and can afford and that are comfortable to you. You can tell me anything you have. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to help you cook and I love a challenge. So throw me your meanest curveball or tell me the most embarrassing things you have on hand. I'll never tell people who you are unless you want me to and it'll just make the game more interesting. I am eventually going to do a couple episodes about quote unquote embarrassing things we all have on hand. But this week we're going back to the basics and talking about lemons because they are in season. We're mostly going to focus on my favorite citrus, Meyer lemons, but a lot of what we go over today is for the most part interchangeable with the other things you're probably seeing in the store right now, like blood oranges, grapefruits, satsumas, and I guess if you live in California or somewhere fancy, Buddha's hands. If you've never had a Meyer lemon, they're not that different from a regular lemon. You'll recognize them uh, because the skin is like softer and more supple, and it's also a warmer tone of yellow. The flavor itself is uh, less astringent. Uh, It's more rounded. So if you have a problem with the tartness of lemons, Meyer lemons are a really good way to add brightness to a dish without that classic lemon super sourness. I will tell you, I wasn't going to do an episode about Meyer lemons, and then I got the Pock Pock cookbook for Christmas, which, side note, I highly recommend even if you are not going to cook Thai food, go out and find all the ingredients, whatever. It's so worth reading to learn about different Thai dishes so that when you go to Thai restaurants, you're better at ordering and you get more delicious things to put into your mouth. So anyway, I'm reading the Pot Pot cookbook, and Andy Ricker says that when he's in Thailand, he thinks the limes taste different than the limes we get here. And the way he compensates for that at his restaurants, uh, which are called Pot Pot, and please go to them and eat chicken wings, uh, the way he compensates for that is mixing Meyer lemon juice into lime juice. And I just thought I knew everything about Meyer lemons and was reminded in an instant that I do not. And there's so much more to learn about them because they are such a cool ingredient. And that's where we'll start. We'll start talking about how to use fresh juice and zest and go into two other ways that I like to cook with Meyer lemons, ending as always with what I find the most thrilling. But first we're going to do Don't Buy This because it is so vitally important to all three ways I cook with Meyer lemons. I think you all know what I'm going to say here. Don't buy the pre-squeezed lemon juice in the funny bottles. It is not that much cheaper or faster. It saves you like 30 seconds. And after you open it, 
especially if you're going to let it sit in your fridge for a couple weeks, the flavors are going to volatize over time, which is true of any food, but with lemon juice, it's going to get more astringent and less lemony, which is fine if you're using it for something like ricotta where you just need the acidity, but for almost anything else, it's not good. Also, you know how I'm always telling you guys not to buy boneless, skinless chicken because you're paying the same price for one third of the product? Same thing with bottled lemon juice. You're paying a little bit less, but you're also getting a lot less because you don't get the zest of the lemon, which is where all the oil is. And that's uh, the brightest, funnest part of the lemon to use and the easiest to preserve. Which, spoiler alert, that is the third way I like to cook with Meyer lemons and the most thrilling. So let's jump into talking about how to use the zest and the juice of a Meyer lemon when it is raw, which might seem like the most obvious application, but sometimes the simplest is the best. The most exciting way to use it is, of course, in ceviche, and I'm terribly sorry, I don't have a ton to say about that because... I've lived in landlocked Tennessee for almost 90% of my life, and I am not about to put catfish in a ceviche. What I can tell you is that the flavor of a Meyer lemon is so like shiny and sparkly and clean that when you use it raw, you don't need much else to go with it. Case in point, you might've seen on my Instagram last week, which by the way, Every Tuesday, I am pantry rating my own kitchen and sharing with you the results. And the result last week was a shaved Brussels sprout and apple salad. And the dressing was just Meyer lemon juice, salt, and honey. And then I added pickled raisins and toasted slivered almonds. And I know that in and of itself doesn't sound that exciting, but when you put it on top of skillet potatoes that are crispy and roasted hot and fast in shallot butter and add an egg, however you like it, fried, poached, jammy, which is for some reason what we call medium boiled eggs, it is a really good lunch. And we like dishes like that because lemon really belongs with things that are rich, whether it be olive oil, salmon, butter, whatever. The acidity of the lemon will cut through anything fatty to keep it from feeling too heavy in a dish and vice versa. The fat will absorb the flavor of the lemon, especially if you're using the zest and coat your tongue with it to make it taste more intensely lemony. One, again, stupidly simple way to get a lot of lemon flavor into your life throughout the week if you only have one lemon on hand is to zest about half of it and juice the whole thing into a cup of Greek yogurt. You can also add a little bit of salt and grate in some raw garlic if you like that kind of thing. And uh, like I said, it probably shouldn't be fat-free yogurt, but as it sits in your fridge, it'll soak up the lemon flavor and you can dip chips in it. Do you guys remember Terra chips from the 90s, the root vegetable chips? I really like dipping those in garlicky lemony yogurt. You can put it on lamb of any kind, lamb meatballs, lamb chops, braised lamb, grilled lamb, lamb and yogurt and lemon and garlic. You can't go wrong. Um, And you can, of course, dollop it on top of soup like a spiced chickpea stew or a nice creamy and sweet butternut squash soup. 
If there's only one thing you take away from our chat about raw Meyer lemon and cooking with it, let it be this. The zest, the skin of a Meyer lemon is so special. Sometimes when I see lemons, regular lemons in the store at other times of year, not that they look old, but sometimes I look at them and think, you look leathery and downtrodden by life. And the zest of those lemons sometimes tastes pretty bitter, which is something that I have never encountered with a Meyer lemon, which is why they're so good for making grimolata. Grimolata is like a really pared down pesto without the olive oil. It's usually just chopped up parsley, raw garlic, and lemon zest. And I know I just told you to almost always pair lemon with fatty things and that's completely dry, but what you do with grimolata is use it as a condiment on things that are rich. So like a really elegant dinner would be a chicken thigh roasted with only salt, pepper, and butter and topped with grimolata. And that's the perfect place to start talking about cooked lemons because last night I made what was essentially a dill grimolata put it into a little bowl next to my stove while I toasted breadcrumbs in a cast iron skillet. And while the breadcrumbs were still hot, I poured them into that bowl and the residual heat from them released the oils in the lemon. And then I put all of that on top of a big bowl of linguine. Pasta and lemon is where it's at. You can put a little bit of juice and zest in cacio e pepe. That's pasta with cheese and pepper. You can make I'm sure y'all saw last year, there was this like it recipe. It was a big piece of salmon, slow cooked and a ton of olive oil with slices of all different kinds of citrus. And I think some of the versions of it had fennel and it really lived up to the hype. But what I did with it was I took the olive oil from it when it was done cooking and tossed pasta in it and then put the salmon on top of that. I'm not going to go too much into fish and citrus because it's like, oh my God, okay, we get it. Slices of lemon look pretty on top of fish. And they taste good too. Um, If you're going to do it, I really am a proponent of the in papillote method, fish in a bag, especially if you're having a dinner party, because you bake fish in a bag and you can also put pasta under it with a little bit of liquid. It can be wine, lemon juice. You can put olives and capers in there and you put them all the little parceled out portions on a sheet tray. They all come out at the same time. You put them on the table and cut them open. And it's this very grand reveal moment that will make you look disproportionately more impressive than the work you put into the dish. Another showstopper that you have probably seen photos of but maybe haven't made yet is a lemon upside down cake. I'm guessing you've seen the ombre one, which it's cool and I'm sure it tastes good, but I really encourage you to leave the zest on your lemons when you make one. Cut them really thin and make sure you squeeze as many as you can into the bottom of your cake tin because like anything, they'll shrink as they cook. I also add extra lemon zest to the batter, as well as almond extract instead of vanilla. Can't explain this one. You just got to trust me. Meyer lemon and almond together is a win. We'll go back to cooking savory things for a sec before we get into the really juicy stuff. That's a lemon joke with Belmonte, which I said like a shithead, but it's this French thing that means butter emulsified in water and you can add a tiny bit of lemon zest and drizzle it over blanched vegetables of any kind. 
truly do not underestimate its ability to make any kind of boring blanched vegetable into something exciting. There's actually a restaurant here in Nashville called Peninsula, which is hard to say, but a wonderful little neighborhood spot, and you should check it out. They serve whole leaves of blanched cabbage. Yes, cabbage. And then they drizzle it with a fatty sauce like that and top it with crunchy garlic. So if I were going to make that at home, I would blanch the whole leaf of lettuce, drizzle it with bermonte that has been seasoned with lemon zest, and you know me top it with fried shallots. The final way I like to cook with Meyer lemons is not just my favorite way to use them, it's one of my favorite things to cook with in the kitchen, period, forever, and always, all time, no take backs. You can, of course, preserve a Meyer lemon in a sweet or a savory way. For making savory ones, all you do is cut a little X in their bottom, it should be a couple inches deep, and then pour in what you think is way too much kosher salt, like a tablespoon per lemon, and then you put it down in a jar, like smash it down in there, and you keep layering lemons in until the jar is full and they're submerged in salt and their own juice. And then you let it sit for three weeks, a month, they'll stay good, I mean pretty much indefinitely. And when you're ready to use them, you take a sharp knife and you cut the zest off and you dice them into teeny tiny pieces and they make everything insane. It's like a lemon pickle. I'm kind of addicted to putting it on pizza with olives and artichoke hearts. You can drop that into chimichurri. You can put it into gremolata, into pesto, into potato salad, anywhere you would use lemon zest, try preserved lemon instead. It also occurred to me in the bathtub the other day that if you are into the idea of a dirty martini, but you don't actually like olives, that the liquid from preserved lemons, you can sub in for the olive juice, which I haven't tried yet, but as soon as I get my hands on some gin, I am going to. You can do this with whatever citrus you have. I've only done it with lemons and limes, but I truly see no reason why it wouldn't work with anything else. And now that I'm thinking about cocktails, I'm like, yes, preserved grapefruit palomas. I want that. I'm here for it. Oops, we got distracted by drinks. Back to cooking. The sweet version of a preserved Meyer lemon, of course, is marmalade. And marmalade is not only for putting on toast with butter. It's also a real workhorse when it comes to braises and glazes. You know how sometimes uh, when you braise meat, the cooking liquid, it tastes really good, but sometimes it also feels a little bit flat just because everything has melted together for so long? If you stir in a little bit of marmalade, especially Meyer lemon marmalade, at the end when you reduce it, it'll add a pop of sweetness and just sunniness that will fix that flatness. Um, as for glazing, you just haven't glazed until you've mixed some lemon marmalade with Reed's ginger beer, the really spicy kind you get in the green glass bottles. Cook down some carrots or some turnips in that with a little bit of butter so it thickens and you are in business. Oh my gosh, and you could put you could put lemon gremolata on top of it. Lemon on lemon action, I like it. Marmalade isn't the only sweet way to preserve citrus. Um, I love making candied orange or Meyer lemon. I chop it up really fine so it's like sprinkles and I can use it wherever I would use sprinkles because 
I really think sprinkles taste like nothing. And then the brown ones kind of taste like shit, but candied lemon and orange on like the outside of an ice cream sandwich, they taste unreal. They taste unreal. And they, they also look really pretty, just like sprinkles, especially if you mix them together, they're like sparkly and bright and I love them. What I love even more is all of you for showing up, listening to the podcast, and playing Pantry Raid every Monday on my Instagram stories. That's at HMMessenger, M-E-S-S-I-N-G-E-R. You can also find me on Patreon. Yes, I know how to say it now. Patreon.com slash HMMessenger. There are a bunch of different really fun perks you can get for supporting the podcast financially at all different levels, or you can Venmo me this week, uh, actually like an hour ago, I got a donation from a friend of mine. This episode is sponsored by Camilla Fiber Company here in Nashville. They make the most beautiful hand-dyed and hand-spun yarn, and even if you're not a knitter, I'm not. I still get it sometimes to use as packaging for presents. You'll want to follow them on Instagram because they sell out fast and they also put on workshops. And you spell Camilla, C-A-M-E-L-L-I-A. Right now, just because we're still pretty small and not getting that many donations, anyone who gives $25 or more on Venmo is going to get a shout out at the end of the episode. Just like Instagram and Patreon, you can find me on Venmo at HMMessenger. Well, thank you again for listening. As always, this episode was written by me, Hannah Messenger, and produced by Tony Gonzalez. Join me on Monday when we play Pantry Raid the Game on my Instagram stories, and two weeks from now when another new episode is coming out. Happy cooking. I hope you make more food and less waste. 